Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. So excited that you're here with us for worship this morning. And hey, I just want to dive in. And can you be transparent with me this morning? Is there anybody that feels like they've been in a battle? Where it feels like either the last day, the last week, the last season? Yes. Can, can you raise your hand if you're with me, if you're at home? And I know that our natural response is to have our dukes up, right? It's like, I'm ready to strike. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I need to remind you that this morning that this is the best fighting stance that you can be in. So can we all just, let's lift our hands to heaven and let's talk to him together. God, we surrender. God, we know that this battle belongs to you and we pray God that you would have your way and we want to praise you through it. We praise you in advance for the victory that's on the way. In Jesus' name, amen, come on.
Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who never loses a battle, but he is always victorious. I think the, the problem and the frustration with that though is we sing songs where we go, God, thank you that you're winning this battle, but, but why am I still in this battle? Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still dealing with this? And a lot of you, I know you came in here, or you're listening online, and you feel like you are right in the middle of it right now. You're like, where's the victory at? And a lot of us, we want a victory from the battle, but what our God shows us that he wants to do is he doesn't want to just give you victory from it, he wants to give you victory in the middle of it. And some of you, I think you need to take a little step back and look at your life and realize the fact that you're even here today, the fact that you're standing here, the fact that you haven't lost your mind is evidence of the fact that God is still giving you a victory in the midst of it. And that's what we should give him praise for. Because his promise to us is I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not that you're gonna go through life without problems, but when you go through the problems, I'm gonna be right in it in the middle of it with you. And I'm gonna give you the strength and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you keep your mind and not lose your mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you through the different struggles of life. And, and maybe before we get on to the next chapter and we start looking for the end of the battle, we, start to, we need to start to recognize that what God wants for us is that we would recognize him right in the middle of it. So church, let me pray for you right now because I know there are some of you in this room right now, some of you listening online that just be like, I am struggling, I am fighting, I've been waiting for the end of this, but maybe God is, wait, is trying to get to show you that he is with you in the middle of it. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've kept us, that you've protected us, and even though some of us are battling right now, some of us are fighting, God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see that you are right in the middle of it with us. You're right in the fire with us. You're right in the lion's pit with us. That God, you never leave us alone. You never forsake us. You always are here with us. And we thank you that you are a God who never suffers defeat, that there will only be victory, that if we just hang in there with you, we're gonna see victory in our life. So thank you, God, for the fact that you are in control. Thank you that you love us. We pray that you'd speak to us today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. If you believe our God is good, let's give him a shout of praise. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Well, you look good. I'm so glad that you're here worshiping with us today. We want to welcome you and thank you for being here. I'm going to ask you to be seated, but before you do, turn to someone sitting next to you and say, hey, neighbor, I've looked forward to sitting next to you all week long. That might be a lie. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to lie in church, but... We're so excited that you're here with us today. We're so excited. I want to take just a moment and thank you for joining with us online or listening to this at a later date. Uh, we're so glad that you're part of our extended family, and uh, we want you to feel welcome and at home, even if just as you're watching online right now, participate. Get into the chat. Um, uh, talk back to us as, uh, as we're talking to you today. If you want more information about our church, uh, text uh, the word fellowship to 94,000. That's the word fellowship to 940. 
888-888-0000, and we can get you some more information immediately and help uh, get you more connected to our church. Doesn't matter if you're in our city or anywhere across the nation, uh, or wherever you're listening from, we would, we'd love to be able to connect with you. And we wanna take a moment as well to, uh, to just welcome all of you that might consider yourself a visitor or guest here today in our auditorium. Please stop by our information booth before you leave. That's uh, the octagon in our lobby, and we would love uh, to talk to you, get you some more information uh, about our church. We do a guest reception. Uh, every couple of weeks, we have one coming up next week uh, that, that we would love to be able to get you involved in so that you can get to know a little bit more about our church, meet our staff, and, uh, and get connected in ways that will help you grow and learn here at Fellowship Church. Now, this is the time in our service where we're gonna continue worshiping our God with giving him our tithes and offerings. And as you're getting ready to give, I know many of you understand that we're not passing um, uh, offering buckets at this time, so uh, you, if you brought an offering with you today, you can uh, drop it in the offering drop boxes that are in the lobby. It's the easiest ways to give are through our Fellowship Church uh, app, the Church Center app, um, to give by mail, online, or you can text the number on the side screen that you see right now uh, to give. All of those are simple, but if you set up the, uh, the online giving option through your Church Center app, that is the easiest way. It's a, it takes just a couple moments the first uh, time to do it, and then after that, it is so incredibly simple. But uh, I wanna encourage you as you get ready to give today, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter nine says, God loves a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. I talk to people all the time who get hung up on giving because there's, there's a reluctance. There's a, well, I just feel like, like is, is that all that God is after? Is that all that uh, the church is after is my money? No, he's after your heart. And, and, and that's, it's revealed right there in 2 Corinthians that, that we see that, that God is testing our hearts when he's asking us to give. He, he's saying, do you trust your money more? Are you giving out of reluctance and compulsion or do you trust me more? So he really cares, not, 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 not so much about like, am I giving the very most I can give? No, he, he cares more about like, when I ask you to give, is your heart right with me where you, you trust me and you love me? That's, that's what he's asking because he's telling us that if we just sh test him in this and, and, and trust him in it, this is found in the book of Malachi, that he will bless us for, for trusting him with our finances. So I wanna encourage you today, before you give, um, whether you're, you've are given online or you're given through the texts or, or, or whatever it is, I wanna encourage you to just stop for a moment and check your heart and test your heart before you give. And, and if you find yourself just feeling like, ah, there's like a little ickiness here, I'm wanting to hold on to it, I'm feeling a little begrudgingly, then talk to him about it. Say, God, would, would you clean up in me this attitude that I have because I wanna be right with you. I wanna be cheerful when I'm giving you because I recognize I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for what he's already given me. So let me pray for you right now, Heavenly Father, as we get ready to give. That's, that's what we say and what we recognize is that we know we wouldn't have jobs, we wouldn't have means, we wouldn't have resources if it wasn't for you. You are our source. So God, as we give to you, we pray that we wouldn't just be doing it because we feel like we have to, but God, we cheerfully give back to you because we are so thankful for how you take care of us and, and how you love us. Thank you for this opportunity to be blessed as we put you first and, and, and trust you with our finances. So please help us today um, to check our hearts and make sure that we're given to you with the right hearts. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
We always have a lot of things that are taking place here at the church, uh, a couple of them that we want you to uh, stay up to date on that are taking place right now. Um, go ahead and check out this video. We are so excited about all the amazing ways that God has blessed our children's ministry in the last few months. You've probably heard about the amazing Kids Castle. Hopefully you've even seen it for yourself. It is so much fun. The kids are loving it as well as the kids conference that we're going to be doing in a couple of months. It's so cool. But with all of this blessing, we need people to help us steward it well. And so if you have ever felt interested in maybe serving in the second through fifth grade kids church classroom, now is the time we need you more than ever and it is such a cool time to do it and so we just want some people who love kids and want to invest in them further so if you're interested or maybe have a few questions we will be out in the lobby for the next couple of weeks there to answer any questions and help you fill out that application. Coming up next month, June 17th through the 19th is our men's retreat. This is gonna take place up at a beautiful ranch in Colorado. It's absolutely gorgeous and it's a great opportunity to just get away from the rest of the world for a couple of days, get connection with other men as well as with God. It's gonna be such an amazing, incredible opportunity. So if you would like to sign up, you can do so on the Church Center app. Total cost for the entire weekend is $299 and spots are filling up quick so get on there and sign up as soon as you can we hope to see you there Spiritual Warfare 2.0 is now available in DVD and digital copies for $45 over in the bookstore. If you're interested in going further in your walk in spiritual warfare and diving deeper into the subject, this is your next step after taking Spiritual Warfare 1.0. That workbook is an additional $18, but it is so worth the investment learning more on how to fight the battle against the enemy with God's help. So head over to the bookstore and get those amazing resources. If you would consider yourself to be a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship Church, we want you to know that we are so happy that you are here and we wanna do everything that we can to make this place feel like home. So May 23rd, we're gonna be holding a guest reception for you and your entire family. Um, you can head on over and we will introduce you to some of our staff, some of our volunteers, as well as give you a tour of the facility and answer any questions that you might have as far as how you can go deeper and what your next steps are. If you want more information on this awesome event, you can head over to the information counter. I am so excited for Pastor Tim's message today. We hope that you enjoy. I don't know if you know, but that was actually my daughter that did the announcements on the video this morning. Yes, Madeline. And she surprised us this year and bought tickets for foreigners. Do you know foreigners coming into town? Yeah. Now, I'm a product of the 70s and 80s. And I do believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that the best music ever came from the late 70s and early 80s. It just, it did. It did. It did. And when you listen to music, you get real nostalgic. You start thinking about like, where did I hear this song? Or what was I doing when I heard this music? And uh, I remember when, when I was growing up and I had a great childhood. I grew up in a great town and I grew up with great uh, friends and had really good teams that I, I participated with. But one of the things in middle school and high school that we had when we were in high school, we had boom boxes. Boom boxes, remember, jam boxes, whatever, whatever you wanted to call them. And, and they were portable sound systems. 
For those of you that are too young to know what that is, these were music boxes that ran on six or eight D-cell batteries. The good ones that would really jam had D-cell. Now, when I start talking about old times like that, talked about people that are, you know, have grown up during the same era and had, you know, the same type of experiences. They always say the same thing. I always say, yeah, we, we played football and we listened to this music, get pumped up. And there was always this one guy that had the best jam box and he was responsible for bringing the music. And that jam box would go in the locker rooms. It would go on the buses. It would go wherever we needed to, it to go to, to get us pumped up and ready to play. And I remember specifically listening to like Journey, Separate Ways, okay? The best song just to get pumped up over. I, I loved, I loved Def, Def Leppard was like the song we get pumped up, listen to Def Leppard. And then Foreigner, like Foreigner was just, oh man, I loved, I loved Foreigner. And that was always on this playlist that we would record onto cassettes for all of you that are too young to know. For those of you that are young, you may have seen those in museums or Maybe looked him up on the Google, uh, but <laughs> the cassettes. And you just have this box of cassettes in your car and just wherever you were going. And, and so when these groups come back into town, I always try to go. And, I, and I've seen Foreigner. I've gotten to see a Foreigner a couple times in concert. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. But the thing about these guys that were in these rock bands in the 70s and 80s is they had pretty much lived an entire lifetime by the time they were 21. And they all have very similar stories. I mean, you can watch their biographies on TV, whether it's on uh, special on Netflix or maybe on the E! Entertainment Network and similar stories. They, they start off young, they have fame thrust upon them, they can't handle it, so they go out and make stupid choices. And as a result, a lot of times throw away their lives and then their band breaks up. We know, and a wise person once said, that, that uh, talent does not equal character. So, you know, they had all of this talent, but they were super, super young and they couldn't handle the fame and the fortune. And so when I was getting ready to, to do this message, I thought about the song Cold as Ice. Loved that song. And I thought about, you know, the words of that song. And one of the things about those, a lot of those bands is they would write about their trials and their tribulations and their songs. And so their lyrics really can, we can learn a lot from them. And so in thinking about this message and thinking about that particular song, I thought, what if, what if we might be able to get Foreigner to come in just a little early and do Cold as Ice for us? So we pulled a few strings, made a few phone calls. And this morning, I would like for all of us to give a warm fellowship welcome to Foreigner. Come on now, guys.
aged well, didn't they? They look good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Came all the way just to do that song. But if you listen to those words, which is the theme for today, this, the lyrics go, you're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. You never take advice. Someday you'll pay the price, I know. I've seen it before. It happens all the time. You're closing the door. You leave the world behind. You're digging for gold. You're throwing away a fortune and feeling that someday you'll pay. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Someone that was cold as ice. Their heart is cold. They won't listen to reason. They're making very obvious mistakes, but there's no getting through to them. Or maybe you've been that way before. Well, be honest, we all have. We've all gone through stubborn, deceived moments in our lives where we couldn't see the truth, even though it was staring us in the face. And this is exactly where the devil loves to have us. And it's interesting because we all get there the same way. There's really three avenues or three doors that we can go through that will bring us down that road. The first of which is just pride. It's just pride. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Dan did a message on pride and how dangerous it is and how it will just destroy our lives. And if we're prideful, if we're arrogant, then we don't listen to others. We don't listen to coaching. We don't listen to teaching. Our hearts are super cold and we just don't allow ourselves to be moldable at all. We don't learn from others. We decide that we're just gonna go out, do our own thing. If we make a mistake, we'll just learn from it. Then there's rebellion. Rebellion is something that we all go through in different stages of our lives, a lot of times when we're younger, but rebellion just says, you know what? I don't care what you say. I don't care what I've been taught. I could care less about what scripture says. I'm gonna do what I wanna do because I wanna do it. And so with that rebellious spirit that we get, it leads us down a rough road. And then there's sometimes just emotional trauma, especially emotional trauma that we have never got healing for. Because if you've been hurt, 
and you haven't gotten help, it can cause this hardened heart to come into us and come into our lives. And the thing is, is we've all been hurt. We've all been betrayed. We've all had bad things happen to us. And and some of those things we've just never recovered from. And as a result, it can turn a a heart of, of a clay to a heart of stone. Now, Jesus tells a very famous story in the Bible that illustrates exactly what we're talking about this morning. And we've, we've read it, we've heard it, but maybe today we'll look at it a little differently. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. This is the famous story of the prodigal son. The scripture says that Jesus told him the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of, my, of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. So very arrogant son comes to him. He's like, I don't want to wait for you to die, dad, before I get the benefits. Why don't you give me the benefits now? I mean, pretty harsh, pretty hurtful to a father. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept all over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became hungry, uh, so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against you both in heaven, uh, both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Isn't that cool to think that this dad was so hurt and was so betrayed, yet longed to see his prodigal come home, longed to see his son again. And so he looked for him. He went out and looked for him every day, looked for his presence on the horizon to see if he was coming. And on this day, he saw him filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now is returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. This story is so similar to so many people that we know. And the great thing about this story in particular is it has a great ending. Right? It, it, it's joyful, the, the response to, to see somebody run from God and then and come back and then to celebrate his return. But how many times have you wanted to return home when you knew you blew it? We've all blown it, right? We've all done stupid things. I mean, I remember doing stupid things when I was growing up in my house and I hurt my family. And at first, you know, you just get mad and you're angry and you just go want to hide in your room. But after a while, you start going... I don't like this. I don't like the way this feels. And you want to go make it right with your parents. You want to have restoration in that relationship. How many times have you, though, maybe looked to the horizon for the return of your prodigal son? Maybe you've been praying for that for a long time. And you know, the Lord has spoke that if, if you raise a child in the way that they should go, they'll come back. They'll come back to you. And so you've claimed that scripture. You've made that scripture a part of your, of, your, of your prayer life. 
I think we've all been there in one way or another. But this morning, I want us to look at this journey of the prodigal together. He goes through some steps. He goes through some phases in his journey. And the first phase we see him in is, is the wind chill phase, the wind chill phase. Now, the best way I think we can kind of explain this wind chill phase is, especially with us that live in Colorado, we've been in the mountains before in the middle of the winter. Maybe you've gone on a ski trip and you stayed in a cabin or a condo, or maybe you just went camping and a storm moved in and you built a really warm fire and you were cozy next to that stove and, and you were just warm. And then it was time maybe for you to go skiing or go out in the snowmobile or, or go do something outside, maybe get some firewood. And as soon as you opened that door, you felt the chill. You felt the cold come upon you. And the, the, what you, you wanted to not stay out there. You wanted to just run right back inside, get under the blanket and get back in front of that fire. And this is really how God's protection works, how his cover works. As long as you do what the Lord has told you to do in the Bible, there's an incredible measure of protection over your lives. But as soon as we choose to rebel against God, we are making a conscious choice to walk out of the warm, safe cabin and into the storm. The prodigal son chose to go against his father and into a life of sin. And most of us have done the same thing at some point in our life. We've made choices that we knew in our gut were wrong, but we did it anyway. And we did it just because we wanted to. We wanted to experience it for ourselves. It's interesting as we look at our children, a lot of times the first child that comes through makes all the mistakes, right? Does all the, the things that we don't want them to do and won't listen to reason, but then uh, uh, goes out and decides, I wanna make my mistakes myself and I wanna learn myself. And the second child comes along and looks at all the mistakes that their older sibling made and said, I'll learn from their mistakes. I don't want to make those mistakes. And sometimes it's not with the older or the younger child. Sometimes it just happens. We have some kids that are just, hey, they're awesome with uh, understanding authority and listening and, and, and minding. And then we have the strong-willed kids. Maybe you were a strong-willed kid. So we start in that wind-chill stage, which we could stop there. We could turn around. But if we don't, then we go into this second phase, and that is the cold-as-ice Stage. The cold as ice stage is where you won't listen to reason. You have all kinds of people standing around you saying, come in out of the cold. Come on, you don't have to go that direction. I remember growing up and I had great, that my grandparents were just awesome. I love my grandmother. I love my grandfather so much. And I remember uh, as a child, I would go uh, on every Friday night and I would go over and I would spend the night with their, at their house. I just loved going over there. And at seven o'clock every Friday night growing up, we watched the Dukes of Hazards. Yes. Just a good old boy. Never mean no harm. Beat all you ever saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. I mean, hey, there's, there's a message right there, right? And we'd go over and I'd watch this show with them. And that was just a tradition. And she'd always, she made me whatever I wanted for dinner. What do you want, Timmy? What do you want for dinner, Timmy? I want Totino's pizza, fried potatoes, fried chicken, and um, I don't know, uh, gravy and rolls. Okay. <laughs> and she'd make it. That's the way she was. She's just awesome. I had this just great relationship with her. And we, I loved her. We loved each other so much. And as I got older, 
and I could start doing chores and that kind of thing uh, for her, I, I would do that. I would go over and I'd put snow tires on her car or I would go mow her lawn or whatever. And one fall, she wanted me or it needed somebody to come and rake the leaves in her yard. Now, I don't know what kind of tree this was from hell that shed all of these leaves every year, but her backyard was this deep in leaves. And I thought, oh, I'll go over there and knock that out in one afternoon. So I go over after school. And of course we live in Colorado, it's fall. And while I'm doing it, this massive snowstorm just comes in and it just starts coming down on me. And you, it is so, such a thick uh, snowstorm. I, I can't even, I can barely see 10, 15 feet in front of me. That's how bad it was snowing, but I wanted to get the project done. And I looked up and my grandmother was looking out the window at me and she had a tear in her eye. And she's like, Timmy, come in out of the cold come in out of the cold. And I'm like, no, come on, grandma, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need to get this done. And so I kept working. And finally she sent my grandfather out and he's like, Timmy, you get it. You get in and out of the cold. Your grandmother's in there crying and she needs you to come back in. And I'm like, no, I got to get this done. And so I was so stubborn that I wouldn't come in out of the cold until that project was done. That was just the way I was. Now this ice age, this ice age is the stage when the devil uses that stubborn spirit in us to create a veil of deception. That's what scripture calls it. To blind us from the truth. He blurs our visions and turns our hearts cold as ice. Second Corinthians 3, 14 through 18 says, but the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. Now, Paul is talking in Corinthians about Hebrews that would listen to the scripture, but they wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't really take it in. It would never make any change in their life. They could memorize it and recite it, but it wasn't active in them. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Of course, these Hebrews didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah, and so they never could get rid of this veil. Yes, even today, when, the re when, we read, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. How many times have we been in a situation where we thought we were doing the right thing, where we thought we were going the right direction, and we were so set on that direction. And then all of a sudden, this veil was removed from us. And we we're like, how did I not see this before? How did I not see that the road that I was on was leading, a, leading me to destruction? And that's what that veil is. It's this deception that comes over our eyes where we cannot see the truth. That veil deception can sometimes be so thick that a person will sacrifice every meaningful relationship in their life to pursue it, to pursue whatever the devil is trying to sell them. And relationships aren't the only thing that they'll give up. They'll give up their job, their home, maybe their vehicles, because they are so very deceived. But then we move into the next stage. Because if you stay in that cold as ice stage long enough, eventually the third phase will come, and that's the meltdown. This is rock bottom. The point where the person has lost everything. 
The prodigal son was willing to feed pigs, which is the worst job a Jewish man could have. You could not get lower than that. His life had completely fallen apart. Just like our theme song today said, you're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. You never take advice. Someday you'll pay the price I know. I've seen it before. We've seen it. It happens all the time. You're closing the door. You leave the world behind. You're digging for gold. You're throwing away a fortune and feeling for someday you will pay. The meltdown phase is when you pay. And have you ever noticed how sometimes we have to, we have to learn lessons the hard way? It's like for some reason we won't listen to others. Even if we were the compliant child, we will make stupid choices just so we learn something on our own. But the interesting thing is that everybody's rock bottom, everybody's meltdown phase is a different depth. Some don't have to get to the meltdown before they even return home, right? They, the cold as ice stage was enough. The windshield was enough. But for others, they have to melt down. And others will have to lose more than they could ever imagine. We've seen people that are in our family that we would have turned around a long time ago if we had been what they had gone through, been through what they had gone through. But sometimes those that have this issue within them where they just can't turn around and they have to learn the lesson on their own, sometimes they'll lose it, lose and go to that meltdown stage over and over and over again. But there's hope. There is a great ending to this story. There is the comeback which is the next phase. And the prodigal son got to a point where he wanted to go back, back in God's will, back under his protection, back to the favor that he didn't even realize that he had as a son to a great dad. Sometimes we fall far enough that it causes us to wanna go home. As we look back over our lives, I think we, Think we can think of times where we were in that pit, that meltdown pit, and we just wanted to go home. Or maybe we'd gotten ourselves into some type of trouble, or maybe we had gotten right in the middle of what we call our hot button sin. If you've taken spiritual warfare before, you know that we talk about everyone has a hot button sin, and it's the sin that we all run to when things get tough. It's the sin that we run to maybe when we're tired or when we're bored. And it's the sin that if allowed to stay long enough, will eventually take over our life. It's no longer even a sin anymore. It becomes an addiction. And I remember as uh, uh, different points of my life with my hot button sin, where I thought to myself, if I don't get control of this, if I don't get on top of this, it's gonna destroy me. It's gonna destroy me. It's gonna destroy the ministry that God has in me. It's gonna destroy my family. It's gonna destroy my marriage. And there was one season where, and it's, it's crazy about this, the hot button sins in our life because they seem to just keep cropping up. We think we get a handle on it and then we don't and it creeps back in. And we end up sinning in the same way over and over and over again to the point sometimes where we don't want to even go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness because we're so ashamed that we keep messing up in the same way. In fact, we're like, eventually you get to a point where you just say, you know, is there any other sin I can commit? 
Why can't I commit another sin? Because God, you've got to be tired of forgiving me of this one. And I remember early on in ministry here at Fellowship when I was in church and I remember a new song was being taught to our congregation. And as I heard these words, I was like, that's me. That's me. I, I need God more than I've ever needed him before. And, and I don't want to go back to that old life. I don't want to go back to where this sin just has control of me and it's stealing my joy. It's stealing, it's, it's stealing my self-confidence. And I'm tired of walking around with guilt and shame. I want to be free again. I don't want this veil anymore. And so as I sing this song and worship, the Lord just started to transform my heart and started to give me the will to want to fight again. Is it, life beats us down and you get to a point where with that hot button sin, you just want to give up. You're just tired of fighting. So this morning, I want us to, as a church family, worship to this song. And as we sing it, and I hope you know it, but if you don't, the words are on the screen. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll get the fight back, that you'll want to try again, that you will want to take back ground that the devil has tried to steal from you. So let's stand together and let's worship him. I need you more, more than yesterday, I need you more, more than words can say, I need you more than ever before, I need you song I sing, more than the next I feed, more than anything, and Lord, as time goes by, I will be by your side, cause I never wanna go back to my old life, I need you this morning but maybe you've allowed something to creep back into your life and you don't want to go back to that you don't want to go back to that whole life but you've just gotten tired in the fight so if that's you I just want you right now to ask the Lord to take that burden 
to give you strength to fight, to take away that hot button sin, for you to maybe push the restart button within yourself to go, okay, I'm starting over, God, fresh start. I'm gonna do better. Whatever, whatever that, that is, maybe it's, maybe you've, you run to drinking when you're tired or bored or exhausted. And it didn't used to be an issue, but now it's become an issue. And you're drinking too much and you're escaping into it. Maybe that's what you just need to give to the Lord. Lord, give, help me. Give me self-control. Maybe, maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's spending money that you don't have to try to fill a void. Maybe you're not treating your spouse right. Maybe you're just not taking care of yourself. But whatever it is, just ask the Lord right now for help. our stuff we give you our junk we give you our sinful behavior we ask Jesus that you just deliver us from this we don't want to go back to an old life we want to be free and your word says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be loosed in this room right now and we would experience a freedom like we've never felt it before in Jesus' name. Fix us. Maybe some of us need to be healed from something that hurt us, some emotional trauma. If that's you, just cry out to the Lord for help and let him help you. And it may be something that you just don't get healing for right here in this service, but I pray in Jesus' name that you would see a path for you to go on to get the help that you need. We have great ministries here at Fellowship that can help you get over those past hurts. They can lead you down a road of forgiveness so that person that hurts you will stop hurting you. So Lord, show us the steps we should take. We want to live without all of those hurts from the past weighing us down. And then maybe you're a parent or a brother or sister or a friend to a prodigal. And they're running, they have been running and you have been praying. And maybe you've even lost hope. I want you, just in prayer to yourself, I want you to say their name to Jesus and ask him to bring them home. Ask him to restore the hope within you because you've lost hope. And I want you to start looking on the horizon again for their return because he'll bring them back. When he does, 
man, will you be able to celebrate? So God, we just give you all of our stuff and we pray in Jesus' name that you would take our heart of stone and give us a heart of clay. Make us teachable again. Make us moldable again. Help us to be able to hear your even whisper. If we're getting ready to go down this path, I pray in Jesus' name, just turn us around right now. Help us not to have to hit meltdown before we wake up and make a change. Change us now. Holy Spirit, work in us now. We love you, God. We thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, you want to have a relationship with us. We thank you that you care enough that you don't want us to learn every lesson on our own. Help us to hear from you that we don't have to do that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You're awesome. Thank you so much for coming. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I wanna thank you for that. I wanna ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.